0: Let's learn about movement disorders with Dr. Cyrus Saad. Dr. Saad provides expert diagnosis and ongoing management for movement disorders. She is a board certified neurologist and fellowship trained in movement disorders. She helps patients manage the physical and emotional aspects of movement disorders. Now, Dr. Saad understands that movement disorders affect each person differently. That's why she provides you with an accurate diagnosis and creates a personalized care plan that uses the latest therapies to manage your symptoms and improve your quality of life. In addition to offering the most advanced treatment options for movement disorders, Dr. Saad works closely with other healthcare care providers and specialists to coordinate your care and connect you with the additional services you may need. This is Healthier You, the podcast from UPMC in central Pennsylvania. I'm Bill Claproth. Dr. Saad, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you and we appreciate it. So let's start with this. What are movement disorders?
1: Thank you, Bill, for having me here. To put it in simple words, I would describe movement disorder as neurological condition that occurs when the problem in the nervous system cause abnormal body movements. Now, some of the body movements can be increased movements and some of the movement disorders can lead to reduced or slow body movements. Oftentimes, the cure is not available. However, the treatment is there to control the symptoms, reduce the discomfort and improve the quality of life.
0: Yeah, that is the goal. So, I'm sure there are different types of movement disorders. What are some of the most common movement disorders we should know about?
1: Well, we can divide broadly movement disorder into two groups. First is like of increased body movements or hyperkinetic body movements. And the other is slow body movements, reduced body movements, and the medical term would be hypokinetic movement disorder. So, coming on to the first category of fast movement disorders, I would say that essential tremor is one of the very common conditions and it can cause uncontrolled shakiness of any particular part of the body. It commonly affects the hands, but it can also affect head, voice, neck, and even legs. The other example in this group is of ataxia. Ataxia affects a part of your brain that controls coordination. And it can cause clumsiness, abnormal limb movements, and problems with balance and speech. The other example I would say is of tick disorders. Ticks can cause repetitive involuntary movements or spasms of any particular part of the body. And it can also sometimes cause production of abnormal sounds called vocal ticks. And Tourette's syndrome is a condition that can cause both motor and vocal ticks. Coming on to the second group or second category of slow body movements, Parkinson's disease is one of the common conditions. It is a progressive condition, meaning that it gets worse over time. Parkinson's disease can cause a stiffness, slowness, tremors, and difficulty in maintaining balance and mobility. Other common condition under this group is of dystonia. Dystonia can cause involuntary muscle contraction, abnormal twisting, and repetitive movements. And last but not the least, hereditary condition like Huntington's disease. It is a progressive neurological condition, meaning it worsens with time. And it can cause both increased body movements or slow body movements along with cognitive impairment and psychiatric symptoms.
0: Wow. So there are more... Common movement disorders than I thought. So you mentioned Dr. Saad, ataxia, dystonia, essential tremor, Huntington's disease, Parkinson's disease, and Tourette syndrome. So thank you for sharing that detailed list with us. So then what are the symptoms of movement disorders we should know about?
1: All movement disorders cause abnormal body movements. Symptoms vary depending on type of movement disorder you have and how it affects you. Common symptoms are loss of balance or coordination, clumsiness, difficulty walking. There could be uncontrolled shaking called crammer. Then it can lead to repetitive involuntary movements or vocalization. As I mentioned, it's called tick. The other few symptoms can be a problem with the speech or it can also lead to masking of facial expressions.
0: Okay, very good. So then... When someone notices these types of problems and it's getting to the point of affecting daily life, I would imagine they would come in to see you. So then what tests do you use to diagnose movement disorders?
1: Movement disorder is basically a clinical diagnosis, meaning a thorough neurological exam is sufficient to diagnose movement disorder. However, in some cases, I may order MRI brain or CT brain and some of the blood work, to look into other causes but overall it's just that the neurological exam and in neurological exam i will assess your thinking and memory skills as well as balance motor skills and reflexes
0: so that neurological exam is very important and is that the first place you start dr Saad? is with that neurological exam
1: exactly that is the first and foremost thing
0: got it so then if someone is diagnosed with a movement disorder What are some of the treatments that you can use to treat this?
1: Again, the treatment depends on what type of movement disorder you have and how it is affecting you and what is the severity of your condition. So in the initial stages, I may just order physical therapy or the exercise program. But if it's advanced and it is like affecting the daily activities, then the medication comes as the first line of treatment. And there are very good medications which are there to control the symptoms. But as we progress and as the movement disorders advance, then medications may not be as effective. And then the surgery is the next step. And deep brain stimulation is one of the very effective procedures that can help to control the problems with mobility, balance, and repetitive muscle contractions or abnormal twisting. It can be done under sleep as well as anesthesia. And then there is a new emerging technique called MRI-focused ultrasound thalamotomy, where ultrasound waves are used to put lesion in the part of the brain that causes uncontrolled shaking or tremors.
0: So another great list. So physical therapy or exercise is one way of treating this. You also mentioned, of course, medications, surgery, deep brain stimulation, and then that new MRI technique.
1: Right. I would also like to add uh, botulinum toxin here. It is commonly used in movement disorders and can help to reduce the symptoms of muscle spasms or muscle contractions.
0: So in your treatment list that you gave us, one of them was you know, physical therapy or exercise, and you were just talking about uh, Botox injections. So it sounds like you can have a common movement disorder but can manage it and live a normal life. Is that right?
1: Yes, you got it. Movement disorder affects the quality of life, but per se, it is not like a fatal condition. It's not like you're going to be hospitalized for a long time or anything like that. So basically the goal of the therapy is to have as much productive life and as much comfort in your daily activities because so you can carry on with your normal day-to-day life.
0: Right. Now, some of these are more severe than others like Parkinson's and Huntington's, right? But some of the other ones you can live and manage like you just said.
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, that we do not have cure and Parkinson, you just mentioned, it's a progressive condition. So early on, it has a very slow onset and it progresses very slowly over the period of time. So people who have Parkinson's disease for five, eight, 10 years can have almost, almost normal life with treatment. But in advanced cases, yes, it makes you bed bound and then other complications like swallowing difficulty or repeated urinary tract infections can be problematic and they can be severe. but overall movement disorders to start with, they are not very aggressive conditions to have. Huntington's, yes, in the later stage again, it can affect the, the swallowing and that can lead to different infections. You can have aspiration pneumonia. And then also the morbidity in Huntington disease is more because of memory loss and dementia more than the
0: movement part. Right. Got it. All right. Well, that makes sense. And thank you for explaining that to us. Who is at risk for movement disorders?
1: So researchers are not sure exactly what causes movement disorders, but they're studying how genetics and environmental factors may affect your chances of developing a movement disorder. Some research has shown that there may be a link between some movement disorders and exposure to toxic chemicals like herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides that are used in farming and manufacturing industries. People who work with these chemicals or people who have a family history of movement disorder may be at an increased risk of developing movement disorder.
0: And then for someone who wants to come and see you, who may be developing some of the symptoms that you mentioned earlier, how can someone schedule an appointment?
1: To schedule an appointment, uh, you will need a referral from your primary care doctor or from your general neurologist. They will do a thorough examination before making a referral to a neurologist who specializes in movement disorder, someone like myself. And Particularly to contact me, my office number is 717-791-2520.
0: Got it. Once again, 717-791-2520. Dr. Saad, this has really been informative. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me, Bill.
0: That's Dr. Cyrus Saad. And for more information, please visit upmc.com slash central PA. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Healthier You, the podcast from UPMC in Central Pennsylvania. I'm Bill Clamproth. Thanks for listening.